We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Uh, Don't forget, for all of your gambling needs as we approach the first full preseason weekend of the NFL, go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use my promo code KevinDC, and they will double your first deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. Uh, They've got plenty of preseason prop bets for the NFL um, and all of the preseason week one action that you can handle. I've never been, Tommy, a preseason football better, uh, but I think I've mentioned this to you every year, this time of year. I have friends of mine that bet the shit out of preseason football and are convinced that there's a much better opportunity on preseason games to win than there is during the regular season. And I think any better would tell you, sports better would tell you, the NFL is probably the hardest sport to bet. You know, lines are razor sharp. There's so much information out there. It's only one game a week. You know, there are no back-to-backs or potential, you know, rests of players that might get out. Um, But I don't bet preseason football. I don't even – I can barely even watch preseason football. Uh, But go to my bookie um, and use my promo code, Kevin D.C. I've compared compared preseason football – it, it's it's I don't even think it's as credible as professional wrestling in terms of its credibility. But it's like it's sort of like like high lie. If you know who's throwing, who's fixing it, then you've got information. I think it, in preseason football, I'm not saying it's fixed, but if if you real are real confident in your team's tendencies in preseason, you can have an easier time predicting what's going to happen. It's almost like the unpredictable unpredictability of all these players no one has ever heard of makes the outcome more predictable. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. But what I think a, a lot of betters will focus in on is the coach's tendency uh, in yes. preseason. Now, we have a different preseason, you know, starting last summer, the three-game preseason, which – by the way, the third preseason game is now a full two weeks plus 
before the opener rather than the 10 days or 11 days before the opener, which which means that, you know, the fourth preseason game was always a game in which nobody played, really. There were a couple of coaches that played guys, but that was it. Um, but, you know, I, I, there are lots of things that I think betters would look for in preseason, uh, but I think you're right, hitting on kind of tendencies – organizationally, coaching staff-wise, is what they're looking for. Like, and, and, by the way, they may have more information on how long their front-line guys are going to go versus yeah. the opponent. And then you've got first-half-line opportunities um, versus the o- overall game. Because uh, you really, in every preseason environment, you get into the second half and – you have no idea what's going to happen with roster spots, you know, 25 through 53 playing. Um, but uh, the first half lines, if you really have a sense that one team, you know, that Tampa Bay is going to put out Brady and Evans and Godwin, and they're going to try to throw the ball over the field and try to put up 21 points and a half and then sit them, and the other team is playing their first string for the first two series and that's it, yeah. Um, but you gotta, you know, you gotta have that information. Um, you went to training camp yesterday, so I do want to talk about that. But I want to start with this. I got this. Alex sent this to both of us yesterday. He said, "Have you all seen this?" It's a uh, yesterday. I, I didn't see this. I must not. I missed it somehow. That's okay. Uh, I was pretty busy yesterday. Yes, I know you were. Yeah, well, you're going to tell us about it here shortly. But I wanted to start with this because I thought this was really interesting. I think this has been done before. Somebody else did this a few years back, I remember. Um, But it's called the D.C. Sports Fan Bracket Challenge for Local Media Stars. I don't think any of us are true stars um, and it's done at DC Sports Fan. Well, you are DCSportsFan.com. And what they and, and here's what they wrote. As the hot summer days slowly pass by, DCSportsFan.com is here to help you help keep you entertained and entertained until football season begins on all levels. We have handpicked the 32 most relevant and popular local media stars in the DMV. By the way, it's all sports media people and created an NCAA tournament-style bracket to see who eventually ends up on top. The contest rules are simple. This is a popularity contest, basically which local media star dominates the market. No former pro athletes are included, so no Brian Mitchell, John Riggins, Doc Walker, etc. Each matchup currently gets voted on daily through an Instagram poll Once we see which poll runs more accurate, we'll use the best source for polls. Local media stars who are now on the national scene are not included, people like Kornheiser and Wilbon. Um, By the way, it says the local media star who wins will receive a free T-shirt, courtesy of the Sports Extra screen printing and embroidery. If that's my man Todd at Sports Extra. Uh, And Todd, if you're behind this, good job. I know Todd very well. Um, I used to have to get, you know, uniforms for basketball teams all the time. And I did it at sports extra in Bethesda. Um, anyway, uh, they put together this bracket, but before they put together the bracket, they announced the seating. It's a 32 person field. And so you have four, one seeds, four, two seeds, four, three seeds, all the way up to four, eight seeds. 
you and I, the, the, the junkies, all four of the sports junkies were the number one seeds overall. Now, to be honest with you, I think Steve Zabin should have been a number one seed. Um, I think Andy Polin should have gotten consideration for being a number one seed. But I think that, you know, the four junkies, I I guess what they're saying is the show, which has been on the air for 25 plus years and has been just an incredible success story over the last quarter century, maybe it's hard to separate any one of the four. So they're going to put them all four on the one line. Um, The number two seeds, and I'm going to tell you, I was floored by this because I would not have guessed that I would have been the first of the number two seeds, followed by J.P. Finley, Tom Levero, L-E-V-E-R-R-O. Oh, great. I can't even spell my name right. Yeah, but you're a two seed. Unbelievable. I'm shocked that I'm a two seed. I'm actually very surprised you're a two seed as well. I would have thought we would have been... You know, t- top 16 seeds when I saw some of the names of the people in here. I think the seeding wasn't great, but the two seed line, you and I are both on it. JP Finley and Steve Buckhantz are on it. The three seed line includes Ben Standig, Chad Dukes, Al Galdi, and Chick Hernandez. Tom Boswell, Mark Maskey, Dan Steinberg, and Al Koken are four seeds. Danny Ruye, Grant Paulson, John Kime, Mark Zuckerman are five seeds. Barry's Verluga, Chris Miller, Steve Zabin, and Andy Poland were six seeds. Right then and there, I've got a problem with the committee. The committee underseeded Zabe and Andy significantly. The seven seeds are Mitch Tischler. Mitch is, is one of JP's guys, right? Pete, yes. Pete Haley who's one of JP's guys on his podcast, Joe Beninati, who should have been much higher seeded than a seven, and Adam Kilgore. And then the eight seeds are Matt Valdez. I don't know who that is. Sorry, uh, Matt. He's one of uh, the he's one of the Junkies producers. Okay. Matt. And, you know, the Junkies producers are very involved in the show, so they're personalities of their own. Okay. So. Matt Cahill. Uh, drab T-shirt. Is that also a Junkies producer? Is that a 106.7 The Fan producer? You I know, uh, yeah, I believe so. And I think he was Chad's producer okay. as well. And then, Scott, and then Scott Abraham. Yeah, he's a 106.7 producer. And then Scott Abraham and Michael Jenkins. And that filled out the field. They were the eight seeds. So let me just say, I was overseeded. You were overseeded. Um... Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to mention any other people that were overseeded, even though I think there were several people here overseeded. I'll mention the people that I think were underseeded. Uh, Joe Beninati for sure. Now, this is going to sound self-serving in a moment when we talk about first-round matchups. Zabe and Andy were underseeded. I think Barry's Verlugan, Chris Miller were underseeded. I think Grant uh, was underseeded, uh, and Danny probably too. Kime also. Um, but anyway, the bracket has already been voted on and the first round matchups went pretty much all chalk or for the most part chalk. I think there was a a couple of fives over fours, but the big upset, well, first of all, let me talk about your first round matchup. You crushed Mitch Tischler 
and your two seven two seed versus seven seed first rounder, sixty nine percent to thirty one percent. That was one of the biggest routes in the first round. Um, all four, I think all four number one seeds won. Um, did all four number one seeds win? Yes, all four number one seeds yeah. won. Um, and all but one of the number two seeds advanced. The number two seed that did not advance was me. I got Joe B. Really? Well, I got Joe B as a first round matchup. It's a terrible matchup in the first round. I would have voted for wow. Joe if I had voted for this. You got a ba- I mean, no offense to Mitch, uh, who I'm, I'm sure is the nicest guy. And I think JP and Pete and and Mitch, um, Mitch is the third guy of the, the three on the podcast, and they do a lot of stuff for NBC Sports Washington. I think they do a great job. But you, Buck got Adam Kilgore in a 2-7 matchup. You got Mitch Tischler, and J.P. Finley got Pete Haley. Pete works for J.P. He crushed uh, – I got Joe Beninati, maybe the greatest play-by-play voice, one of them in the history of this town. So I got beat in a close – first round matchup I was the highest seed eliminated in the first round so now what I just noticed is they've already posted the second round or some of the second round uh results you're matched up in a two versus six Barry's Verluga beat Ben Standig Standig was the three Barry was a six Barry was underseeded and as Joe B was in my opinion and Barry upset Ben, seating wise, I, let me just say if I was if I was giving a point spread on a first round matchup between Zverlug and Standig, I think that would have been one of those situations where the lower seated team would have perhaps been favored in the game. Let me point out something here: that Barry Zverluga is a columnist for the Washington Post. His stage is much much bigger. <laughs> Than mine or anybody's. I know. Okay. Hence the underseated nature of him. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. So do you think even though he's going to be, I mean, Barry's going to beat me. One thing, he's not going to beat me because I'm not Tom Laveri. They've got I'm the, Tom Lavero. Well, it's they they just spelled it L E V E R R O initially, but well, in the bracket, I don't know who that is. In the bracket, they've they've got you spelled correctly, so they do have in the bracket in the actual bracket sheets that got handed out in the office. You're as you are spelled yeah. correctly. I mean, that's a pretty bad diss when they came and spell your name right, and they're claiming you're popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I would make so I would make Barry a favorite definitely in this. Yes, uh, Bar- so would I. Yeah, Barry Barry got underseated as a six and got to face Ben in the first round. And look, Ben has you and I both feel this way about Ben. He has really created quite a a a, 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 a following for himself in a short period of time. And you know the key for Ben was to jump to the football beat rather the than athletics. yeah, and, and cover the the football team rather than cover the yeah. Wizards. Um, right, but the athletic is also a big boost for him as well. 
This is a major sports website. Yes. You know? So, again, he has a big stage as well. All these, I have a small stage. The Washington Times sports section, and you, actually my bigger stage is your podcast. <laughs> it might be. Well, no, it is. So, if I don't say so myself. Well, it is and it isn't. I, I mean, let's, 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 let's face it. And you dissed our website the other day, and I'm thinking I should have came back with this. I mean, our website, the Washington Times website, uh, the Kevin Sheehan podcast is, 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 is a drop in the ocean compared to the Washington Times website. Okay? Let me just point that out. I pr- yeah, so. well, I, I understand. Is that just because it's a very conservative paper and it has a huge conservative audience that reads it? It, ha- it has a huge following on the Internet. Right. Huge. Right. I'm thinking t- I think it's like top 15 or 20 in the country in terms of, of newspapers. Well, there you go. Well, this podcast ranks really yeah. high in Bermuda. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so am I getting my ass kicked? No, well, there's no there's no result yet for your matchup oh, in the okay. second round. Um, okay. So far, Eric Bickle from the Junkies advanced into the f- uh, this would be the Elite Eight. He beat Grant Paulson pretty handily. Um, Kime pulled off a first round upset, although I wouldn't have considered that an upset over Steinberg. I would have I would have considered that an upset over Dan five years ago, but not now. Yes. Um, so Dan is an editor now. He doesn't. He's not in high profile anymore. He's not a columnist. Zabe to me was the most underseated in the entire field. He absolutely destroyed Chad Dukes in the first round. Um, that is, yeah, that's one of the biggest. Uh, w- that was one of the b- biggest differences in score. He got seventy four percent of the. Uh, vote in his first round win and now he matches up against JP and then Koken beat Zuckerman Galdi good Galdi well I love Chris Miller too but Galdi won uh he had uh, Chris Miller in a first round matchup and Galdi won pretty easily and now he's facing Beninati so you know this is going to be interesting can Galdi knock off Beninati cuz I couldn't I, I certainly didn't knock off Beninati. Uh, I do think that of the two seeds, I got the toughest draw, first round draw. I I, got, I was I, I would admit that. Yeah, I absolutely would would admit that. Now the one thing is compared to Chris Miller, uh, I think this speaks to the irrelevance of the Wizards that Galdi could beat Chris Miller. Yeah. The invisibility no, no, of the no, Wizards. Well, I mean, the absolute anonymity of the Wizards as a media entity in this town. But let me just tell you about our good friend, Al. Um, you know, and I think th- there are similarities in, in our audiences. Um, Galdi has a very loyal following. The people that listen to Galdi love him. So they may have been more inclined, and maybe they knew about this. Who knows? Maybe Galdi pushed them to vote. If we had known about this when it first came out, we could have pushed our podcast podcast listeners to vote, and maybe we have. A, I would have had a better chance of winning my first round matchup. But um, anyway. now listen, Galdi, yeah. Galdi. Uh, and you, although it didn't seem to help you much, Baldy has the platform of being a year-round guy. 
He talks year-round about everything. Right. Whereas Chris Miller is limited to pretty much Wizards NBA business. Right. And for the most part, during NBA season. Right. You know, where Galdi is in your, is in, you know, is, is on the spectrum every day. You know, and I would have said that for you, too, but that didn't seem to work for you. Well, it didn't. I, but again, I, I, I'm not I, – I, well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm defending my loss here. I got matched up against Joe B. I mean, right now, in terms of the active play-by-play voices in town, there's nobody better than Joe B. and nobody that's been doing it longer. I mean, Buck right. obviously would have... Absolutely on both. Buck would have been the guy, speaks, but he hasn't been doing it recently. Yes. And it also speaks as to the opposite of the Wizards, <laughs> the more visible presence of the Capitals in this town. All right, let me... As opposed to the Wizards. That's... You know, Go ahead. Well, I, I guess that's true, certainly, right now. Um, let me just yes. ask all of our podcast listeners to go to dcsportsfan.com and figure out how to vote for Tommy in his second-round matchup against Barry. I mean, that's that's what we're waiting for. We're, we're waiting for this big-time second-round matchup. And if I don't know if voting's already opened. I, there's something here that says July 29th, 2022. Well, that's already happened. It says that that's the scheduled... Well, maybe that's when voting opened. Um, so figure out a way. Let me see if they tell you how to vote here. They should, right? They said something yeah, about did. voting via Instagram. Votes are cast daily through at DC Sports Fan underscore com dot com. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry, t- through their Twitter page. At DC Sports That's Fan you're underscore trying sabot- you're, you're trying to sabotage no, 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 by giving me, out l- the wrong information. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Just relax. Okay, we're going to get it right. At DC Sports Fan underscore com on Instagram is how you vote. Okay? That's how you vote. Go vote for Tommy in his matchup against Barry. Let's get Tommy that goddamn T-shirt. Now, if you were to okay, uh, listen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, you're I, as I understand it, are are each it's each junkie a number one seat? Yeah. Or are they all in one seat? Okay. Yeah, the, well, they're going to win. Yeah. Well, uh, E. B. Eric E. B. Bickle um, got, beat Grant in the second round, and he is awaiting the winner of Lavero versus Sverluga. It's over. Not if we. I'm not getting a T-shirt, no matter what happens. It may be possible, Tommy, that nobody really knows about this thing, and if we can push people to vote for you, (laughs) we could pull off the upset here at DC Sports Fan underscore com on Instagram to vote. Okay. So I mean, this would be a stunner if Lavero. Look, if you. You're already in the Sweet 16. You get to the Elite Eight matchup, and somehow we're able to pull off an upset there. You would probably face, it looks like, you. well, Jason. Uh, Jason's the number one seed on your side of the draw. Uh, Jason Bishop. Okay. Well, that's a loss for me. Uh, well, I mean, Again. don't undersell yourself. I mean, 
You destroyed no, Mitch. You destroyed here. Mitch Tischler in the first round, sixty-nine <laughs> yeah, percent to thirty-one percent. That gives me lots of confidence. Well, I mean, um, okay. Uh, the seating was not done well. That's the only thing. I, I love the idea here, although um, I, 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 I certainly hesitate referring to any of us uh, other than Tommy, and maybe he'll prove it here over the next week as uh, media stars. Um, but um, I just think that the seating was off. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think Zabe could win the whole thing. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I'm surprised they don't have Feinstein on there. <laughs> Come on. Anywhere. Uh, why, why? He's a Washington Post columnist. Yeah, but they said at the beginning, local media stars who are on the national scene, like Kornheiser oh, okay. and Wilbon, okay. no, are, are not included. That oh, would be him, too. That would, You're right. That, that would be Junior, right? Yeah, that would absolutely. That would be fair. Yeah. So, look, I'm much more interested in the recognition we get from the D.C. Sports Podcast Association, Oh my God! to be honest with you, than this contest. Brian, I promise you I'm going to reach out. You're coming on the show before football season starts. It's true. I mean, that carries a lot more weight to me. Not to diss the contest, which I think is a creative idea, but uh, I think... I mean, it's the D.C. Sports Podcast Association. That, that's the gold standard here. I think somebody did this before, like several years ago. And I, I think I, w- I think I was doing the show with Chris at the time, not you. But I think somebody did it, and maybe what it was was the shows in a bracket form. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, tell me about training camp yesterday. It was hot, Kevin. Oh God, brutal. It was hot. Really, really brutal. But I managed to handle it. And get through okay. It was good to see a lot of people. I saw Scott Jackson. Scott's the best. Yeah, I saw Lou Holder. It was good to see Lou. One of the nicest people uh, out there. And of course, absolutely. I saw Doc, who's working hard preparing for the preseason broadcast. He was on the podcast the uh, other day. Yeah, so it, it was good. It was good to see a lot of people, uh, and it was interesting to watch uh, Carson Wentz at quarterback. Okay. Okay. Elaborate. It was it was interesting. Well, I'm just gonna, instead of you trying to bully me into a bet, I'm just going to make the bold prediction that we used to do. Okay. Based on what I saw. You yesterday. heard it. You heard it here first. Bold predictions for the yes. week. Yes. Uh, Carson Wentz will be benched by the tenth game. <laughs> okay. By that, the tenth game. All right. That, I'm not sure who will be the starter, you know, because uh, I, I don't know about Sam Howe, but uh, Carson Wentz will be benched by the 10th game if he lasts that long. That's a bold prediction. That's a good, bold prediction. That would have been – I mean, I if, think if you, if you went to training camp and watched him, mm-hmm. unless you caught him on a good day, I think you'd feel the same way. My, I've got a bold prediction for you. My bold prediction. Is that I'm going to. I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this contest. My bold prediction is that Taylor Heineke sticks around in the league for another 
seven years minimum. He's 29. He will be on an NFL roster until he's 36 years old. Well, you certainly can't go wrong with a seven-year bold prediction. I did that. You? I did that because when I used to do that, you would be like, are you yes. serious? Um, you can't go wrong with that. If you don't want to be proven wrong, go with, go with years in advance. I mean, we just we don't even know if either one of us will be around in seven years. So I had Scott Abraham from Channel 7. Scott's a really good guy. I had him on the radio show this morning. And he had done this interview with Taylor Heineke, and he was talking about what a great guy Taylor Heineke is and how he's accepted his lot as the backup quarterback for, I guess, at least 10 games. Um, And then after that, I guess he'll have the job if your bold prediction comes through. And, you know, Scott, you know, gave the, you know, it's just, it's an amazing story because here, you know, less than two years ago, he was taking classes at Old Dominion, living on his sister's couch, basically. And football was over for him. And he was going to get whatever degree he was going to get from Old Dominion, some sort of mathematics degree, and he was going to go work on Wall Street or he was going to go work somewhere and, 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 you know, continue uh, in a a completely different professional life. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, because here is a guy who has already proven that he is a backup NFL quarterback. He gets this opportunity because Washington is desperate for quarterbacks because everybody's going down. Dwayne Haskins has been released. Uh, Alex Smith is completely banged up, and they're not even sure he can play again, even though he did end up playing against Philadelphia. And we've, you know, we've got the whole situation with uh, Kyle Allen's hurt. Everybody's in trouble. So Scott Turner calls up Taylor Heineke and says, do you still want to play football? Because Turner was really the guy that discovered Heineke. And so off the couch he comes, um, and here we are less than two years later, and he's making, you know, roughly $2 million a year as a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's proven that he's good enough to be at the very least a backup quarterback in the NFL. But beyond that, Tommy, he is very well-liked, very well-respected, and he's really smart to which I would tell you that that is the perfect formula now that his foot's in the door and everybody knows he can do it to have a long career as a backup quarterback making pretty decent money. Now, will he make what Chase Daniel has made? Chase Daniel's one of the all-time great business successes in the history of the NFL. The man came into the NFL in 2009. He is still in the league 13 years later as a backup to, uh, to Justin Herbert in, in L.A. for the Chargers. And in 13 seasons so far, with just five games started in 13 years, he's made $39 million, almost $40 million. One contract after another. One team after another. Yeah, this guy can play a little bit. He's a good backup. He's great in the room. He's well-liked. He's smart. He's highly respected. And Taylor Heineke it could have a Chase Daniel-like career. And then, by the way, because he's smart, and by the way, likable and a pretty good communicator, he could become a coach. 
and his whole life could be spent in football when he was literally within a, a, a few days or a few weeks away from final exams at ODU and taking a job on Wall Street. I think it's a phenomenal yeah, okay. story. And, 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 and the reason he's got a chance to have a Chase Daniel career is because of the kind of person he is, too. Yes, I would agree with that. Although, to me, the story was last year. Okay, that was the story when he became the starter. I mean, this what you're talking about. Not that, not you know, if it happens seven, eight years from now, yeah. But right now, I mean, the Taylor Heineke story, huh? you know, the story was last year. I'm not, I'm not following you. What do you mean? No, it's, it's not a big, it's not that great of a story anymore. I'm not We've s- already seen the story. And the story was him starting from coming off the couch. Well, yes. I don't disagree with that. I wasn't trying to, okay. I wasn't trying to create like a major story. I'm just telling you that there's this chance that the guy was a few days away from never being involved in football again to now having a chance to have his, his entire professional life spent in football. Yes. That's what I'm suggesting to has- you. Unless he has five concussions in practice, then he doesn't. Yeah, but my point... I mean, it, I, you can't predict anything in an in, in NFL football I, I, career. Okay, I understand that, but I, I want to make sure you're understanding my point here. It's not just that he proved that he could play a little bit. It's the kind of person he is. He's smart, everybody likes him, and he can play a little bit. But if he didn't have the other two, they'd be looking for somebody who's really good in the quarterback room, who's really, you know, okay being a backup, who you can count on if he comes into the game, but he's going to help everybody in that organization when he's in it. I think that's who Taylor Heineke is. That's who that's what Chase Daniel has been. That's why every single Chase Daniel got a contract from the Philadelphia Eagles in 2016. He, he had, I think, three total starts at that point. That was a, a $7 million deal for two years to be a backup. I, I just think that Taylor Heineke has a chance to do that. That's all I'm saying. And I think it's... I, I'm not saying that when we get to the end of it seven years from now or eight years from now that that'll be a bigger story than the year that he came off the bench and started in a playoff game against Tom Brady or started 16 games in 2021. I'm just telling you it's the kind of person that ends up sticking in the league for a long period of time once he's proven that he can play a little bit. You don't seem I would to be agree. interested. No. Anything else from training camp other than your bold prediction that uh, that the quarterback is not going to make it past 10 games? No. I saw uh, one interception, one fumble snap, a few completions, and uh, a few not completions. Did few you incomplete? Did you talk to anybody that gave you that feeling? No. Okay. I just observed. You just observed. I did talk to I did talk to uh, 
I did ask a question of Ron Rivera in the press conference. Uh, what question did you ask? Well, we were talking a little. There was uh, some more discussion about Sam Mills and his mysterious uh, firing, at least in the timing of it. So I asked him if he considered making any coaching changes at the end of last season. And his answer was very curt, I no. Saw, I saw that. And yeah. I'm not going to get into any specifics at this point. <laughs> Except that he had already gotten into a bunch of specifics. Yes. Well, what were those specifics? The philosophy? Um, well, the first three answers, because I, I think I read them on the podcast yesterday right after the practice, or maybe I did it just this yeah, morning. Yeah, he was radio. looking for more constant push and growth. Yeah, and he was looking for more, more to be more demonstrative. Yeah, more demonstrative, more in your face, that kind of thing, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I mean, I asked him, you know, I mean, I kind of figured, well, what was different between now and the end of last season? And uh, he wasn't biting on that. Yeah, I mean, um, well, it's a completely legitimate question. I mean, I, yeah. of course. I mean, did, did why did you consider doing this at the at, you know when, when most people do it with assistant coaches, like right after the season? I, I think the point that I made yesterday, and if I if I didn't make it yesterday, I'll make it right now with you anyway, is that the whole you know philosophical differences, you know, he's looking for, you know, Coach Z, Jeff Scanina, uh, who's aggressive and demonstrative. That's something he knew. That didn't just come about. It's not like all of a sudden he realized Chris uh, Chris Mills, Sam Mills isn't as demonstrative or aggressive or in your face, um, which aligns with his philosophy like, you know, Jeff Scanina is. You know, something happened recently, or my theory that he had a chance to see what the team looked like without Mills there for a few days, and it kind of backed up what people have been telling him and maybe even asking him for, for, you know, over a year, and he just decided to do it. Boy, don't take any time off if you're a commander's coach. You know, I mean, no. I mean, and the timing, I, I don't want to get into the whole Sam Mills thing, but the timing of it was pretty crass. I mean, the day after he gets back from his father being posthumously inducted into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and then he's fired. Well, that's that assumes that Sam Mills didn't do anything wrong, yes. you know, over the, you know, in the, in the in the couple of days preceding or the day of, yes. you know, I mean, yes. if he told the, right. if That's he told true. the coach to go to hell in a meeting and told him to you yes. know, f off, um, yeah, but no, I, I, I mean, yes. you're I, right. I, I don't know that it has to do, you know, yes, the timing of it with his dad, uh, who's his late father, as you said, posthumously, you know, going into the Hall of Fame, but really more than anything else, it doesn't give the guy a chance to work this year. You know, when you, when you those decisions are made really first and foremost so that the coaching staff has a chance to, you know, hire the best possible replacement for the guy that they've let go. Um, but the other benefit is to the guy they're letting go. It gives him a chance to catch on with somebody else. Now, he's yeah. these contracts for assistant coaches are usually one-year deals. Sometimes they're two-year deals, and it's different for the coordinators. But I am assuming... 
that he's going to get paid for the rest of this year. I, I mean, I would think so. I don't. I don't know that for sure. Um, unless he was fired with or cause, the, that's that should have been your question. He, was he fired with or without cause? <laughs> that would have been great. I wish I'd have thought of that. Um, Is he going to have to chase his money, or are you going to pay him? <laughs> yeah. What if you really did get? I mean, he would he, see Ron, and I know this, and I know this, and I'm not going to get into details, but Tommy knows that I know this. He does. He can have kind of a short fuse. Um, and so, and you know, and I, and I didn't know that that was the question you, you asked him. I just saw the very, the transcribed response and it appeared to have been very short and curt as you described. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, I mean, if you had really gotten personal and said, I'm just curious, does Sam get paid? Does he get paid the rest of the year? Or, you know, is there two weeks? Did you have to give me – how does that work? I would have loved to see the oh, answer. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Run. You know, I really do try not to be I, – I don't go out of my way. I know. To be obnoxious. It just comes naturally most of the time. I don't think that you're obnoxious in questions. I, think, I don't think either one of us are obnoxious. I would never th- – okay. I would never even think that, you know, you not um, – trying to be obnoxious ends up being obnoxious. I don't think that. I think you always ask good questions. Um, but here it is in, in, the, uh, in the transcribed interview. On if he considered making co- coaching changes at the end of the last season, um, in yesterday's press conference, this is by far and away the shortest answer. Um, <laughs> no, and I'm not going to get into any specifics at this point, closed quote. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we know Ron can it. go on for a while, you know? Not in that particular yeah. case. Uh, my actual bold prediction, though, I'm just going to mention this, is that Dax Milne will make the team, will be the punt returner on the team, and will have a role in their offense, even though they've got all these weapons. Uh, I do believe that he is valued on this team. Now, they got a lot of players at that position, um, but uh, he is a guy that I think they've liked from the jump. All right, when we come back, Diana Rossini, who we both know well, um, tweeted something out yesterday about the NFC East quarterbacks, and I want us to talk about that, and we will do so right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. With Apple, you can rate us up to five stars. That is helpful for us. And if you can write uh, a one to two uh, sentence review, um, that is helpful as well. This came from Jacob. Uh, I'm a lifelong Washington fan, grew up in the area, but never followed the local media. Found this pod and love the old timer takes from Kevin and Tommy on the glory days of the football team in particular. (laughs) I don't have too many positive pro football memories or come from a family of sports fans, so it's nice to hear stories of better times. Uh, there, meaning Kevin and Tom's non-sports banter is great, too. Thank you, Jacob, uh, for that. By the way, speaking well, of the non- team, the team, the team agrees with them because there's going to be lots of stories about those old glory days this coming season. I know. As they are. celebrate their 90th anniversary as a franchise. So uh, the commanders would agree with them. Yeah, well, they announced the other day, uh, I think it's the second time they announced it, all of the things they're doing just on Saturday alone. I mean, you get the, you know, the debut yeah. of the fight song. Um, there uh, also is going to be a mascot unveiling in terms of choices for va- for fans to vote from. Hey, that's that's awesome. Do you know my level of interest in this stuff? I, I think it's zero. I don't know that I can it even oh, registers. I'm being totally serious with you. The mascot? I could not give a shit what the mascot is. I have zero interest in what they unveil as mascots. The fight song, you know, I know I'll end up having to talk about it. But we already know it is going to, you know, the only thing that's changing are the lyrics for uh, the original song and melody. Um, I I don't even care that much about that. I really don't. Tommy, I'm... But this stuff is not not for you. This stuff is for the kind of like the the Fringe fan, the... uh, the families, God only knows why a family would want to go into an NFL game, to be honest with you, but they still do. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe the younger generation that likes bells and whistles, they're not, this, this, this decision isn't for you. I understand that. 
So your okay. initial reaction was, come on, no, I, it's a zero for me. This stuff is a zero yeah, for me. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I just don't, I don't, I, I am going, I'm going to watch the games, obviously. I'm going to be very much into the games because I love football. And who knows, by the time we get to the opener, commanders, jerseys, they're going to be wearing their white jerseys in the opener against Jacksonville. I, I might, you know, there may be some butterflies. <laughs> For the opener, I may be, I may feel some of what I used to feel, but it won't be anywhere near at that level. And you know, the other part of it too, Tommy, and I know a lot of people, you know, um, push back on both of us and many others in the market on this. I am definitely expecting the worst. It's not that I'm rooting for the worst at all. I I know a lot of people that are. I know a lot of people that have basically just said. I want them to fail until Snyder is done, and then I'll be back. Um, that's not necessarily me, but I, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to generate the kind of passion that usually comes with week one. I mean, there have been some times you and I have been doing this show together where we get to within a few days of week one, and then that that opener comes around and i'm like let's go have ourselves a season as zabe <laughs> used to say i mean let's go have ourselves a season and i don't know that i ha- have it in me to 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 do that uh, b- but the, this other stuff eh, i don't care i mean the sports book stuff you you listened to snyder yesterday right yes i did <laughs> yes i did and you know what he may want to show up for practice at least once just to make sure he does have a quarterback, okay? Because he said they finally got a quarterback. He may want to double check on that. Yeah. Well, he may not. He's not going. I don't think he's going to notice in practices during training camp. I think it's going to take several okay. games before. It would, a lot of people had issue with him saying to the Maryland Gaming uh, Association, and we finally have a quarterback. By the way. I mean, Tommy, I understand he's been under a lot of, you know, kind of pressure. And there is, I think now, finally, some recognition um, from him as to how kind of disliked and despised he is. And it's made him perhaps even more uncomfortable, um, even more reclusive. But uh, he, it's just, he's such a bad communicator. Um, there were just I'm listening to that and I'm like, he doesn't really know where he's going and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe the point maybe this was just a hey, I'm here. Thank you so much for considering our application. Any questions? Um, but somehow it gets into we've got an upgraded stadium and we're gonna have a lot of people oh at the God. stadium and oh by the way, we finally have a quarterback. A lot of people thought that the, you know, we finally have a quarterback was really insulting to the quarterbacks they've had here recently, especially Taylor Heineke, who, you know, yeah. played his balls off last year. Uh, for, it was, but again, I mean, he's clueless. And, you know, it's funny, the commission, you know, they basically said they used the, the Maryland, uh, you know, state lottery and gaming commission, they used the Steve Spurrier uh, measure to determine if he was worthy to get a license. Not in jail, is he? Not in jail, is he? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. That was their measure. That was their standard. Well, he's not in jail. Let's give him a license. 
I had this guy from um, this website, Sports Handle. They they follow sports betting in North America, legal sports betting. It was really, it was an interesting conversation for me. I don't know how many of you enjoyed it or not, um, but we ended up talking a little bit after we finished recording as well. And you know, he basically said, if you're a, a major sports franchise, you're going to get one of these licenses, like you just said. Yeah. I mean, a- unless you're in jail, you know, and by the way, the, you're, you're in jail for a while, um, you're probably going to get one of these licenses. We're exaggerating, but um, I just, these, these live sports books in these arenas, we'll see. I can't, like, it's one thing Kevin, to have a downtown location. What? Let me give you a heads up on something. I, I've done some research into this. I don't have the uh, information in front of me, but I'll tell you what I believe, that the numbers for the sports book uh, downtown at the Capital One Arena are pretty disappointing. Oh, no, no, we know that. Yeah, he, we, we, we talked yeah. about that yesterday with, this, with yeah. uh, my guest, yes. with, with Bennett Conley. Yeah, they're pretty – and even, even the one at Nats Park, uh, although I think remarkably that's done better. Than, than the Capital One has, but I think they're. I think you're right about these sports book arenas. If anyone thinks like they're going to be flocked with people and they're going to generate a lots of money, I think they're in for a surprise. Well, do you have anything else to add to that? No. You don't remember what my original prediction on this was? No, you'll have to see. I only care about my predictions, not yours. Right. Well, you only care and remember uh, your, the predictions you make that you get right. I mean, you conveniently well, those are, those forget are, the ones that you, the majority remember, of the ones that you get so wrong. Many of them. Um, no, I. When this all came out, you and I were doing our show together. When you know it was all passed, you know, sports betting uh, would become a state issue and it could be uh, legalized. And I told you, I said. I don't think in a lot of places this is going to be the financial windfall for states that that uh, you know is that's being predicted. You know, I think it will help sports because it will bring more people into the betting fold, which means more interest in the games. But um, you know, people who uh, who bet on sports or have a significant interest in betting on sports have already been betting on sports. And they've been but doing. My, I have a difference of opinion for you here. I'm talking about the actual sports books. I, I think sports betting and the sports apps have generated a lot of income for some states. Let me finish. I, I said. Okay. I, I said to you. I don't think it will ultimately become the financial windfall. And, and my reasoning was. Most of the people that have wanted to bet have figured out how to do it illegally. And many of those people will never bet legally as long as it's available illegally. Um, Because the truth of the matter is it's more convenient. You have credit. And in many cases, it's just not as expensive. And the people that have been betting are bigger bettors. You know, they're betting more. The people that haven't had the access, 
that now have the access will have a much smaller betting size in terms of unit per game. Um, and they won't have credit, which means, you know, maybe eventually you'll be able to bet on credit, but you're not going to be able to do it initially. And before the whole mobile betting, which I knew would be a possibility, obviously, it wasn't going to be as convenient. Now, this, this, the sports book locations are going to have a problem, especially in the places that don't have high foot traffic and don't have enough events. That's why FedEx Field, to me, he can put one out there as a draw for game days for the nine times they have a home game uh, out there for, for, to, to make it easier for sports betting. And maybe one day Landover, and we know that there's going to be building out there, there will be more retail and more options. But I don't see that as being a destination. And I think, uh, you know, I already knew what the numbers were in terms of the actual brick and mortar. Um, books. I knew that they were bad, and my guests yesterday sort of confirmed that. But even the mobile betting, where mobile betting is available in a lot of locations, is not doing nearly as well. In the district, it is not done very well. Now, part of that is because they had a terrible app to begin with. They've had problems with yeah. the app. Um, but I think overall, you know, the now what what the states and, and the jurisdictions get is is they get you know they get a piece of any uh, you know they get a big piece of the action. Maryland gets fifteen percent from these operators. the 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 thing that I learned from him yesterday, Tommy, this was interesting to me. I think it's interesting to you too. There's sixty mobile licenses available for mobile sports betting in the state of Maryland, which by the way, we, we have not had mobile sports betting rollout. He said Maryland's been one of the slowest and the clunkiest of states in getting uh, sports betting rollout. Just out. like they were just like they were with casinos. Right. They were they were behind the eight ball on that as well. So um so there are sixty available mobile licenses, and he said they probably will not, you know, will not secure application fees um, for sixty mobile operators. There just won't be enough people to a uh, be able to afford the application, which is five hundred thousand dollars, just to apply. And then b the problem with it is like if you and I wanted to do. A sports fix sports book, uh, mobile betting, and we, you know, figured out a way to pay the application fee. We would be dueling with DraftKings and FanDuel and BetMGM, and already we're giving fifteen percent back to the state. There are lots of other fees. You know, it's not a mom and pop corner operation where we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're handing people brown paper bags with cash every once in a while. Like it's going to be really hard to make money and it shouldn't in gambling. But in this particular environment, it's going to be pretty hard to, for, for many uh, mom and pops to actually make it work against the big boys. So he thinks that, you know, there, there won't be anywhere near 60 mobile applications yeah. um, that are, but that are what, what I, or licenses what, what that I are did, out. What I did learn is that there is going to be a sports book here in Frederick. Oh, yes. Which was good news. Yeah, there is. Yes, it, it, it's a place called Long Shots, which already has off-track bet, an off-track betting parlor here, not far from where I live. So there'll be a sports book there as well. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe my guest yesterday told me that that is the female-owned sports book in the state of Maryland. They've encouraged 
um, you know, uh, diversity among the sports book operators. And he mentioned that there's one sports book that is female owned. And I think it was that one. I think it was. By the way, you know, the sports book at, at Hollywood Casino in Charlestown is actually really well done. The bet oh, em- fabulous. The bet em- Absolutely. The BetMGM sports book is well done. Very well done. Um, okay, so I wanted to uh, read this tweet from uh, Diana. Diana put out this tweet uh, yesterday. Diana Russini. The NFC East quarterback with the most to prove this season, question mark. You could make a strong argument for every single one. She's right. And I did, I did calls. We could have taken calls for a while on this this morning. I think it's a very interesting conversation because the four quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, uh, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts, all have a lot to prove this year. Um, and, you know, even if you look at Dak Prescott and say, well, he's the best quarterback in the division, he's had quite a start to his career. What does he have to prove? Well, he's got to prove that he can win in the postseason. I mean, that he's one in three know, as, but, a, but as a quarterback in the postseason. But he's on the bottom of the list. He got paid, okay? None of the other guys have got – oh, I, I shouldn't say that. Two of the other guys haven't gotten paid yet. Carson Wentz gets, gets Keaton paid – Gets, you know, continues to get paid by teams to leave, uh, and Carson Wentz clearly has the most to prove out of any of them. Because if this doesn't work, his career is pretty much done. I mean, the other guys, uh, you know, let's say Daniel Jones doesn't work out, he'll bounce around. He'll get to play with another team. He may get a second or a third chance. Same with Jalen Hurts if he doesn't work out. But Carson Wentz is playing for his NFL career. So I agree with you. Uh, Carson Wentz would be my number one, and Dak Prescott would be my number four. Um, Daniel Jones would be my my number two, and Hertz would be my number three. But I disagree. I would agree with that lineup. But I disagree with you. I think it's you could make the case for any of them, and maybe the least um, convincing case for Prescott, but. You mentioned because he's already been paid. I think that's why he has a lot to prove. He's the one that's been paid. I mean, Carson Wentz has been paid too, but he has a lot to prove because he's been paid a top five-ish kind of quarterback salary, and he has not produced the results. I mean, it's a very good and an excellent you know regular season record, um, but he's one and three in the postseason, and he did not play well in their postseason loss to San Francisco last year. Um, but. Uh, he would be my fourth, and Wentz would be my number one. But I don't think it's uh, you know a slam dunk. But for for me, the reason I would pick Wentz is it's not just that he has to produce, you know, on the field more than he has recently. It's that he has to change the narrative that's out there, the perception of him, that two teams back to back with the most important position in sports and a hell of a lot invested in this player, said, please go and go quickly. We've had it with you. We're done with you. And for those of you that will push back and say, oh, it was Ursay and it was the vaccination thing. No, 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 no. In this league, the hardest thing to do is to land a quarterback that is legitimately good. Philadelphia traded a boatload to go up and pick him, then gave him money. 
and they took the biggest salary cap penalty hit in the history of the league at the time to trade him and get rid of him. And then Indianapolis, with the guy that mentored him in Philadelphia, Frank Reich, took a year, he threw 27 touchdown passes and seven interceptions, and they still said, get out. So after trading multiple picks, including a first-rounder, the year before, without any answer, they didn't know who their answer was going to be. They were going to cut him. So all of that, the narrative that he's not coachable, the narrative that he's not a leadership, the, you know, all of the stuff that's come out, the fact that two teams, two good organizations have said absolutely no and a loud no at that, um, he has the most to prove the most approved because that gets coupled with, oh, by the way, he's also got to step it up and play better and play at a higher level and try to to play at that level that he played at in 2017 when he was a legitimate MVP candidate. Now, Daniel Jones is interesting to me. Jones was the number six pick in the 2019 draft. And he has had an absolute shit show of coaching situations in New York. It's, you know, with, with the exclamation point on Joe Judge and the disaster of the last two years of Joe Judge. Now he is Brian Dable, a guy that got Josh Allen, worked with Josh Allen in Buffalo, and Josh Allen is now, you know, a debatable top three quarterback in the NFL. And there are some similarities between Jones and Allen. And yes, and he, they they haven't even picked up his fifth-year option for a player that was the number six selection in the draft in 2019 by Dave Gettleman. So he has a lot to prove because if he doesn't prove it with Dable, enough for him to stick around and be the starter next year without them having to go out and look for another quarterback, or if Tyrod Taylor replaces him in New York this year, then he's not going to get an opportunity to be a starter, more likely than not. He'll get opportunities to go somewhere and be a backup. Because, I, you know, yeah. like what I said about Taylor Heineke, I've been told, Daniel, I've read, Daniel Jones is really well-liked and respected and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a hell of a locker room guy. But number six pick, didn't pick up the fifth-year option, he's got a lot to prove. Hurts, second-round pick, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts, and apparently a lot of the locker room is a fan of Jalen Hurts, too. Um, He definitely has issues at times with his throwing, you know, and quarterbacks have to be able to throw the football. And he's not accurate, and he's not consistent, but man, is he dual threat, and could they run the absolute shit out of the ball last year with him as a running threat? I like Jalen Hurts. I think he'll get better. I think Philadelphia is going to be good. But he's got a lot to prove because if he doesn't prove that he can get it done on third down from the pocket and they don't win 10-plus games, get to the playoffs, and maybe win a game, then they're going to go look for another quarterback. The only thing I would say to you about Wentz, circling back to Wentz, is he's not playing for his career, in my opinion. He's playing for the opportunity to be a starting quarterback as a default wherever he goes if he doesn't if he doesn't make it work in Washington somebody's gonna sign him and have him compete for a job 
on the cheap, by the way, after he gets released, if he doesn't have a good season here. Uh, but I don't think he'll be out of the league. Did you? If if you didn't say that, well, then uh, then that, then that's fine. But if you were saying he's playing for his NFL livelihood, like he's going to be out of the league if it doesn't work this year, I disagree with that. Well, I think he will be. I think he will be. I mean, just for very your very description of a, a back successful backup quarterback does not fit Carson Wentz's personality. Right. Fair enough. But his talent is unmistakable. Like, he has legitimate talent. And somebody without one, and there will be 10 to 12 teams that are going to be looking for one, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, somebody will say, yeah, we'll try to make it. We'll be the one. I mean, it didn't work. Remember, Tommy, don't underestimate if it doesn't work in Washington, nobody really says much about that. It's not – well, it didn't work in Washington. Of course not. But That's a good point. But the combination of it not working in Philly, Indy, and then Washington, no, you're right. A lot of people would steer clear of him, but I think somebody would sign him. I, I, I can't imagine at 29 years old or whatever he is now um, that he would act, actually be out of the league. He can play. You know, and he can do enough things to give you a chance if you don't have anybody. Look, that's where Washington is right now. They didn't have anybody. They just needed better quarterback play. They needed average quarterback play. And if he can give them average quarterback play this year, they're going to be, you know, they've got a chance to be a better team than they were last year or the year before. And another team would feel that way next year that he could give them at least average quarterback play if they didn't have, you know, if they had bad quarterback play. Anything else on this conversation? No, I'm done there. All right. Uh, One more segment with a couple of uh, things to knock out on the show right after these words from a few of our sponsors. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Uh, Ron Rivera did say that Curtis Samuel is going to play on Saturday. That's good news. That came out of training camp today. Um, and the starters overall will play between 15 and 20 snaps against Carolina on Saturday. Uh, he said he wants to see how they handle situations, third down, red zone, how they handle the huddle, etc. Just wants consistency. Handling the huddle would be how is Carson Wentz handling uh, the huddle, more likely than not. Um, so 15 to 20 snaps, well, that typically is at least two to three drives. That's a quarter, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more than a quarter in the first preseason game on Saturday. Um, so I just wanted to finish up the show uh, by telling you that I am three episodes away from finishing Stranger Things. I am through episode six um, in season four, <laughs> like every single day, I can't wait to get home to watch it. So I think, I don't know if I'll be able to finish it up tonight. The last episode, you probably remember this, is a movie. It's two and a half hours. Yes. Yes, I remember. Yeah. So And it's worth watching. It is? Yes. Okay. Um, I know you have to go. Um, but I enjoyed our conversation today, and I'm rooting for you to, to advance to the Elite Eight with an upset win over Barry's I, Verluga. Well, thank you. I got one quick question for you. Okay. Uh, what time is the game Saturday? 1 p.m. I just wanted, I wanted to see if you knew what time the game was. <laughs> I do know what time the game see, is. To see, to see how checked out you really are. Well, okay. I, have to, I have to participate in some pregame activities on radio, so that's why I know okay. the game's at 1 o'clock. All right, yep. my friend, uh, go get him. I think you can beat. I think you can take uh, Barry. All right, boss. I don't think so. We're done for the day. Back tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.